tonight, Queensland. Beautiful one day, panicking about state of origin selections the next. Is it all set up for Billy to be the hero? These pretzels are making me angry. Why Brendan Goddard lost it in his 300th game. Tears and tantrums and a distinct lack of Aussies at the French Open. And the greatest wicketkeeper batsman the world has ever seen. Adam Gilchrist is our special guest. It's the sugar fix for sports fans. This is the Backpage Live. Wanted to run around in the baggy green. Be on TV shows like this where we can have a laugh. Never ever give up. They think we're not strong enough, but we just be the world. Their senses are dulled. I got punched in the back of the head regularly. It's just unfortunate it was from a coach. Yes, hello everybody. Lovely to have your company. Nice to have you on board for yet another campaign. Super excited to have Gilly join us very shortly. So let's get right into it with none other than Kelly Underwood and Robert Craddock. Hello and welcome to you both, Queensland side. <laughs> uh, and over here on the winning side of the table, Ryan Fitzgerald and Adam Spencer. Hello. I've just realised that I'm wearing the wrong colour shirt. You are. What are you doing? No. Wardrobe. Wardrobe. Yeah. It's I'm traditional it. to wear the colours of the vanquished. It's yeah, okay. It's all right. It's most of you will know New South Wales beat Queensland and stayed a very origin one, so I won't dwell on it for more than 40 or 50 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> probably should do it. Hey, Crash, look, uh, Adam, do you, do, you remember, do you remember before Whoa. the game started there was mm. some kind of a wager? It was the opinion of one Crash Craddock that New South Wales could not win yes. if Mitchell Pearce played. Yes. He agreed on air mm -hmm. that if they were to win the series with Mitchell Pearce having any role in the series door, he will appear in the next show yes. in that blue wig, mm -hmm. a lovely New South Wales origin Top, yep. Sipping a reshes. <laughs> yeah. Mm, so that's just a little yeah. taste. So you don't have to wear this now, obviously. Okay. If you just pass it along, just put sure. it there. That is where what your future looks like. You've been waiting ten years for this. Oh, I have. You? <laughs> oh, you really have. Actually, it's making me itchy, though. Yeah. Yeah. What really worries me is the reshes. Have you tasted that stuff? <laughs> oh. It was it was fairly comprehensive crash. You've got to admit, uh, you were there. Give oh, look, uh, I, I sit before you here today without a solitary excuse. Yep. When you get outpaced in a game, it's yep. mean you've chosen a side that's too old. The good news is Queensland's acknowledged that and will change the side for game two. The bad news is it's come a game too late. There were plenty of people saying a couple of weeks ago, ouch, this has just got a slightly aged feel to it. But loyalty can take you so far, but it took Queensland, it, it, they went too far, didn't yeah. they? They know, they yeah. know. But it's so e it's easy to be loyal when you are winning, as Queensland yep. has been doing for all those years. It now becomes tougher, and they really do have to make change. You talk about, you know, younger team, but what about the old bloke, Billy Slater? Surely after what he did against Newcastle, he must be in the team. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Tone. I reckon you made the right call there. I, I mean, you've got to find snap and crackle. You've got to find points. I mean, the last back line just had a look, even before they took the field, there was not enough points there. You're talking about a guy here who is about to become the second highest try scorer in the 100-year history of rugby league behind only Ken Irvine. Man, oh, man, that's a stat and a half. It, they just win when he plays. He's the magic man. And, look, if it's a season too far for him, it's a season too far, but you owe him the right to find out right now. And he's yep. such a champion of the game, isn't he? I mean, he's responded like a true champion would. He hasn't said much publicly. He's not the type of character that would ever publicly criticise, you know, anyone to do with that Queensland Origin team, but he let his talking happen on the, on but, the field, didn't he? On the weekend. But Crash, well, we, we want answers because someone needs to be blamed for him not playing in State of Origin 1. And we saw how emotional Kevin, Kevy Walters got in that press conference mm. not picking him. You said to us that Kevy wanted him in the side. Mm. So who's to blame? Who didn't want Billy Slater in the side? 
Yeah, it's very confusing because Roy Masters wrote a story saying that Kev sort of acquiesced. In other words, that Gene Miles and Darren Lockyer, the other two selectors, overruled him. I don't know whether I agree with that because one thing I do know, in origin, the coach normally gets the team he wants. Definitely. And I'll tell you something, heading into the second, Kev's a great one for consulting around. Yep. He's really good like that. He, he, he listens to opinions, but he must get the team he wants because if the ships go down, he needs to have the knowledge that, hey, I got the side I wanted. Yeah, it looks like that ship is hitting the fan. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, uh, what was the experience like for you? I felt like I had, I had a ringside seat 65 million years ago on the Yucatan Peninsula as the Chishulub asteroid <laughs> plunged into there, ushering in the Cretaceous Paleogene <laughs> extinction event. <laughs> I saw dinosaurs dying, Tony. That's what I saw on that field. I saw dinosaurs being ushered into extinction, and I loved every I mean, second of it. I mean, 28-4 numbers. What, yeah, what that's been Twenty eight's a perfect number, as the Greeks will tell you. It's some of its own devices. That's not important. It's a perfect game by the Blues. I want Kevin to keep listening and just picking old people. Hey, Adam, yes. they were freaked out, that Queensland. And Crash was freaked out. I don't know if you saw this. There's an old adage, don't drink and tweet, uh, Crash. Look, this is what you said. <laughs> oh, Crash. That is true. This is an actual tweet. Is this, is this the, the definition, Crash, of pocket tweeting? Can I just apologise? About once a month, I don't know how I do it. If you gave me two days to do it, if you put my phone in my pocket and said do a pocket tweet, I couldn't do it. But I send out these random pocket tweets. But what really no, no, annoys no, no. me is people that who is reply... <laughs> I get these replies saying, mate, that's the most sense you've made in quite a while. Yeah. You know what I mean? or, or good point, or gee, I don't know whether you can get away with that. It's no, driving me mad. So apologies to everyone. You sent me the text and it went, put $100 on New South Wales. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I will. Need for some young legs, obviously. Queensland Ice returning to Cowboys' Cohen Hess. Now he scored, I think, yet another try at the weekend. Geez, a great footy player. Young kid, though. Bizarre thing coming out of Queensland now is that he says himself, I'm not sure if I'm ready. I'm not ready. His coach says, no, nah, don't pick him. You'll be throwing him to the wolves. Yeah. I, the fact that Cohen Hess says he's not ready makes me think he is ready. I, I know that sounds weird, wow. but I, there's any number of young kids said, yeah, I'm ready for origin. I can handle it. And, and, and have been completely starstruck. But this, what I like about this kid, he's just grown up with rugby league. His dad, Warren, was an old-fashioned bush footballer, played a million games. Cohen's been drifting around games since about three years old. They'll pick him. And I think, watch him go. Nine tries this year, and I think he's a gamble. They yeah. just have to take I'd love, yeah, I'd love to be a fly on the wall at the selection meetings. Mm. As it turns out, we don't need that fly. We've had a camera in there. It, it's terrific. Have a look. Talk, you laugh, I'll talk. Isn't this, in all honesty, what New South Wales would just be rubbing their hands together, oh. absolutely loving this division well, this? and the fact that they can't agree? You've been seemingly indestructible oh, yeah. for 10 years. Oh, yeah. The cracks are starting to appear, Crash. Well, it's just, I felt it today. I mean, I come here at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Tony's swanning around his suit. Like, normally there's no sight of him before yeah. 5 o'clock. I mean, <laughs> like, like, but seriously, you've been waiting for this moment for 10 years, haven't you? You've been just sort of loving it all. I had one brief hiatus in, in 2014 that was OK. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, apart from that, it's been very ugly. And look, this is good. Paul Gallon, I speaking to him the other day. He reckoned this performance from Andrew Fafita is up there with the best front rows performance in the history of Origin. Yeah. Now, that includes some huge names. Yeah, well, look, the comparison with... I mean, it's so Arthur Beetson, wasn't it? Yeah. The socks down, the, the jersey out, maybe carrying a few extra kilograms. Love it. But just skill and raw...
power in an old-fashioned sort of way. He's an old-fashioned sort of footballer, and I think that's what people like about him. And, and a nice redemption story, really, because he, he's had a pretty tortured life. We saw uh, Darren Lehman in the Adelaide coach's box uh, when the Crows got hammered. I think it was by Melbourne Kell. Now, Bulldogs coach, look, and said there, Luke Beveridge has shown up with the Maroons with just as much success. This is some sort of cross-code coach's moz, isn't yeah, it? Because, yeah. uh, as you mentioned, Wolf with the, the Crows coach, Don Pike, and it didn't work, their first loss of the season. Yep. But, I mean, it, it sort of gives them perspective, obviously, for these senior coaches to be able to swap yep. codes. I think the relationship stemmed from a, um, a sponsorship, a sponsor mm. that they had in common and a uh, bit of leadership bit of uh, yeah, cultural learning, they take it back to the Bulldogs. And, and Bevo yeah. is probably the single coach in the AFL with the most rugby league-like neck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bevo's neck is wider than his shoulders. Yeah, he looks like a Tommy Radonik right. or something, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. I, I love it when you see players arrive with their game faces on at the start of Origin. Was anybody else wondering where they'd seen Josh Maguire's game face oh, before? Oh. Look at it. Uh, you can jump in whenever you think you recognise him. Yeah, there did he have a black armband around his head because he knew that they were going to die that night? <laughs> <laughs> He's a quirky cat. Like, he spends half his life harassing Anthony Milford and taking snakes around the dressing room and, uh, you know, just a different sort of cat, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, speaking of Popeye, Aaron Woods could play Brutus mm -hmm. in, in a remake of Popeye or he could play the bearded lady as he did <laughs> oh, in the dressing room. Uh, <laughs> his bra and undies on. Yeah, look, I can get taking the jumper off, but how uncomfortable are shorts? Oh, I know. Why do you well, have to it's, take it's, them it's, off? it's a part of the new focus of the New South Wales team. In the old days, they used to go and celebrate with a big night in the clubs at King's Cross, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now they bring the entertainment in. And the yeah, other guys yeah. in the club to dress up raunchy like that. And you say, what stays in the dressing room stays it. No one. Yeah, he's not the first bearded lady who drinks VB either. I can tell you that for sure. There's a few out there. <laughs> Why aren't they picking in Queensland? Daily Cherry mm. Evans. Uh, he's brilliant again uh, for Manly against the Raiders. The man for the job obviously slots that winning field goal, golden point after playing brilliantly, particularly in the first half. And Dylan Walker were really good. But he's calm, he's cool, he's got it, Crash. Yeah, but there's just no place for him no. right now. Like, the Harbs, uh, you know, Milford went OK the other day. Thurston may come back for the second game. And, look, his chance will come down the track if he keeps playing like that. He has been great. And I must give a rap to Trent Barrett, Manly's coach. Everyone yeah. said he'd be sacked at the start of the season. He behaved beautifully, like, really well, mm. sensibly. He could be the coach of the year, that guy. Country kid. I, Absolutely. I like him. Yeah, and, and he's got that... Uh, Dalgeri Evans has got that confidence back, hasn't he? You can tell that. He doesn't mind a bit of lip-friendly chap with the opposition. This is, of course... He gives away the penalty right at the death, which is a bummer. Jared Croker, who, of course, is the uh, Canberra captain, he's taking the goal right up there in his face, just having a bit of a chat. Good luck, mate. Hope it goes well for you. That's right. He's Aim so... just to the left, yeah. I think is what he said, which sadly is exactly what he did and he got the goal. But still... <laughs> <laughs> still, it was a good effort from Daly Cherry Evans. So, Kevy Walters now, he's obviously in uncharted territory because they won their first game last mm. year. How's he holding up? He's got some big decisions to make in the next week or so. This is the biggest game of his career, but what I like about Kev... Uh, he, he never, he, he's always happy to laugh at himself or the world. He got up to Townsville the other night to commentate to the car park and the guy at the car park didn't recognise him. And he said, oh, you're not on the list. And he said, oh, I think it's down there somewhere, mate. Kevin Walters, former Origin coach. <laughs> <laughs> Like, on and only Kev would say that, yeah. and that's uh, why people like him. Yeah. Clint Gutherson uh, had a corker for the Eels at the weekend, scoring the match sealer and bringing out the uh, unusual celebration. Now, Kel, I think you might uh, know where it comes from. I think you might have been watching the NBA earlier in the day. Ah, look at this. Look at this. this is the Steph Curry high kicks, high steps celebration. Golden State Warriors. Three, three.
point guard. <laughs> there it is. And now, he was asked about this recently, and he says, oh, it's, I do it because my shoes are so light. <laughs> what? Oh. I think it's a sponsorship deal. I think he's got the brand new version it's of the, got version, a nice of the sort version of the sort of North shoes. Korean military field to it. Does. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> it does indeed. All right, the AFL has taken a swipe back at the jumper punch with Geelong's Tom Hawkins offered a one-match ban for his jumper punch on a Matt Crouch. It was pretty blatant, wasn't it, there? So, no surprises. Well, they've, they've done all the talking, haven't yeah. they? And it was always going to be... Someone was going to be the first victim, Fitzy, and it was... Tom Hawkins, well, it was pretty blatant jumper punch. You know, look, a lot of people have been saying the, this is soft for anyone to get weeks for a long time, but it has got ugly over the past few weeks, past month in the AFL. It's been happening quite a bit. The AFL have put their foot down and he's been made uh, the first example of, and I think now that'll stop a lot of blokes from jumper yeah, punches. When you're grabbing the guy's jumper and pulling it back pretty much as far as if you we were just going to throw a punch anyway then throwing a punch into his jaw. It's not really a jumper punch. It's no. just a punch. It's a punch. That had a tiny bit of jumper around uh, Look, it. even his wife was appalled. You can see here the vision of she's watching and she sees in the, in the replay. Oh, that's yeah. Emma. It's a great reaction, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's, Tom, that's what have you done? Because you did it last year. That's how my wife used to react when I actually started on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's out there. <laughs> He has, as you she, say. She knew exactly what he'd done, didn't she? Because he's got four. He did it last year. He's got year. four. We can see that. I think it was it Phil Davis, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, Phil Davis. Similar type thing. That, that, I mean, no jumper involved, but... And he copped a week for this girl? He did get a week for that. So, for all the tough talking, really, not much has changed in the last 12 months. Was it intentional? Yes, it was. He gets a week. Yeah. Fair enough. If North Melbourne uh, wasn't interested already in Richmond's Dustin Martin for next year, his performance against them, it should guarantee some kind of uh, flirtation continues, shouldn't it? Well, he's a hot property. He's the yeah. hottest property going round, and we're talking a lot of money on the table at the moment. Millions of dollars for this man, and it's just great to see him sort of blossom and flourish under this enormous pressure. We've seen yeah. the same sort of situation with the Giants youngster, Josh Kelly. He's yep. been offered a nine-year deal by North Melbourne for $9 million. I mean, that's a lot of pressure you're playing under. They are the two most informed players in the competition at the moment. Now, according to the Underwood-Craddock formula that's dragged out whenever we talk about Lance Franklin yep. at the Swans, if they sign both those guys, then North need to win at least 15 premierships in, in the, the next decade, decade yeah. or it's yeah. a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I stand right. by that, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> just, just do the maths before you stand by. Yeah. You, know, you know what, though? I've got to give it... Dusty Martin, I reckon, is the best player in the competition. Now, you talk about Dangerfield and, and stuff like that, but he's... The way that he can push off players, his pace, but more importantly, this year, Kel, his skills have been oh. sublime. He's kicking goals from outside 50. He's got the whole package, and every game he plays well... He's brilliant. The he's already got the North's fans across the line. Don't saw the banner during the game as well. There's a, come to North, Dustin. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's a pretty big white flag you're waving. There isn't enough. <laughs> it's brilliant. All right, security guards are quite rightly employed to keep wayward fans off the field, but that job is probably done by the time the ball's being bounced, but not for these blokes. Uh, there they are, one either side of the square, just uh, hanging around. Not, not interested in them, but the players are actually saying, What are you hey, doing? I might want to turn around and have a look in there, <laughs> The ball's already up. Just, I love the fact they walk. They walk. They're not going to run. Yeah. They just casually stroll. I We're think security. that's part of Hinkley's game plan. I mean, he just sends out a couple of security guards. Yeah. They're not uh, the first, though, to outstay their welcome in terms of security. We've had a few in the past. In the career, this guy's too busy against <laughs> the incredibly dangerous balloon, the beach ball off the field uh, before he actually gets off, which is just terrific, and then does the damage to the beach ball as they all love oh, to do. Ah, the mongrel. Hopper. Go on. Ooh. <laughs> and this guy, 
This is terrific as well. Play's about to start, uh, and nah, I'll go when I'm good and ready, sunshine. Off he goes. <laughs> he's, he may be affected by the, the letter that's on his back. He may have dropped one of those by the looks of it. Because he's not moving anywhere. <laughs> Might have been going in a more lively game. Yeah. The question has been put out there, is Joel Selwood the toughest player in the AFL? He, was, he showed some great signs of being that, didn't he, uh, Fitzy, at the weekend? That bloke is unbelievable. And it wasn't just that one. There was another one where he ran back with a pack when he came back out into the ground. He, he is. I mean, that bloke is just personifies courage. Bang. There's another one. But you know the thing? He never shows pain. He gets straight back up, Joel. It's and difficult to compare across eras, isn't it? Because some people would know that Lee Matthews once actually ran into the point post. Yep. And broke it. Yes. Yeah. Now, you have only got eyes for the football when you are breaking <laughs> a post. Yeah. I mean, the, ga the game's littered with stories. I mean, he is absolutely one of the toughest, Very no tough. doubt. But Adam Goods, did yeah. PCL second half of that grand final. Mm. Nat Fife played with a broken leg in a final not that long ago. Yeah. Even I, I like Sam Rod Burgess broke, played that grand final. I with broke a Rodney E's heart every time. <laughs> 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 Patrick Dangerfield has uh, written of his own struggle with anxiety, admiring the bravery of Alex Fasola being open about depression. This is... A lot of people have noticed this. A lot of people are very proud of what he's done, but in, in terms of Alex Fasolo, it's such a positive move as well. Yeah, I mean, very, very brave for Alex Fasolo. I've had a little bit to do with him um, over the years. Bubbly, life at the party. So yep. it probably landed as a bit of a shock um, when this news came through. And I've interviewed his parents before in Perth, so you feel for them as well. So you wish him all the best. But I think what Patrick Dangerfield's done is just leadership, isn't it? It's mm. basically saying on behalf of all the players, I've got your back. Yep. In the last 12 months, I've clearly been the most successful individual player in the game. I'm constantly yeah. in the papers. I look always happy. I'm married. I've got the, the great life. Mm. But even I have had to personally go and see a psychologist and, and psychologist, and because I've had anxiety yeah, issues. Exactly. And that's, that's just showing that even, you know, we've had Greg Inglis yep. in the rugby league, even the best of the best still oh, struggle. Well, our guest tonight, Adam Gilchrist, I'm looking forward to ask him because in his book he basically pulled away mm. the curtains and all these times when he cried and that, people couldn't believe it. I mean, mm. and it was great. I mean, Gilly, who's such a jaunty sort of guy, it's great when the top guys do it yeah. because it gives the, the mm. battlers so much yeah. heart. It was great that uh, you mentioned GI. Greg Inglis has mm. arrived back at South Sydney in training Today. there, yeah, yeah, which is uh, obviously still injured, but just to be among the team is fantastic. Mm. I, I like players who really hate to lose, really hate it. Brendan Goddard uh, has got a bit of flack for his dressing room antics during his 300th game. Look, mm. there go the pretzels on the floor. The lollies, Tony, and you don't waste the lollies. And was the captain. Yeah. What's the reaction? I, said, I don't like red frogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do like red frogs. Do you know, and congratulations to Brendan Goddard on his. 300 dummy spit on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> There's the cleaners who arrived. They're not, also not happy with having a cleaner. You're not impressed by this, are you? You you don't think that's the way you should behave what, within in front of the playing group? I think it's a sign of weakness. Total sign of weakness. Really? And if you've got problems with the team, if there's certain players that are doing the wrong thing, pull them aside and tell them individually. Don't do it in front of all the boys. Mm. I mean, it's the worst thing that you can do is well, spit the dummy in front of the team. It does. I mean, he, he's passionate. He's intense. He just wants to win at all costs. Yeah, isn't As a that fan, a good thing I, don't, I don't mind seeing that. I'm going, well, you know, he, this means everything to him. Mm. So... 
I don't mind it. I tell you what's the ordinary look to. <laughs> On a smaller note, but still there, <laughs> we always talk about the All Blacks and their little tradition of making sure they clean the dressing room before they go. Yeah. Yeah. It's a way of centering themselves yep. and all the muck goes, no one clean that up, just yeah, exactly. the poor old cleaners. It was his 300th. There was a, another milestone. There was. I picked this up in Adelaide, Tony, and I want to thank Kingy, who played his 300th game for uh, the Adelaide University over the weekend right. there, you can see. And Wayne was very excited on the weekend, and this was the banner that he ran out to for mm -hmm. his 300th game. Mm -hmm. 300 happy Saturdays of Wayne King. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations to Wayne and the King family. They were very excited for his big milestone game. It's great work by Mr and Mrs King yeah. about 35 years ago yeah. not to think too long about the name. And his brother Joe, who's the funny one. <laughs> well done, Tom. Hey, do you want to put that on, mate? <laughs> we had a top five of balls hitting umpires' heads. I think it was even last week. Well, we can add another one to the list. Cool. Uh, now, I'm not sure, I haven't seen the close-up yet, but this, to me, looked like a beautiful head-on assist. Look at that. Yeah. And away you go. Deliberate. <laughs> <laughs> not <laughs> Exactly. Don't forget, uh, Thursday night will be an absolute feast for sports fans with the uh, Shark Storm on Fox League and, of course, the Swannies and the Bulldogs on Fox Footy, both grand final rematches, as well as the Soccer as World Cup qualifier on Fox Sports, plus live and exclusive coverage from the French Open, the ICC Champions Trophy. Hours and hours of quality couch yes. time. I know. Super Thursday. Yes. Exactly. Super Thursday. To all Thursday. the wives out there, see you later on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The wives could be watching as well. Yeah, right. yeah, Speaking of the Champions Trophy, <laughs> the Aussies have been saved and robbed by whether the games against New Zealand and Bangladesh washed out. Where does it leave us, Crash? Well, it's simply this. A game against England on the weekend. Win it and they will make the semis. <laughs> it's been a, it's one of those tournaments you feel like going seven days and no siding of dry land. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It's just been rain effect but it'll, I reckon it'll have a nice punchline, and this is what I hope. Yep. I hope in this match against England, we show them our guns for the Ashes and go really aggressively, our fast bowlers, and say, right. remember last time Jonathan Trott, the damage to him By Mitchell was done in yeah. England before he arrived here. It only takes a couple of those balls from a Stark, you know, from a Hazelwood or from a Cummins. And yeah. I just think... Stark got his mojo back at the back yes, at yeah. Bangladesh four for one in that yep. last little bit, but he it was. Did. They were all a bit off against. First Virginia, game they were. They? they were off, and understandably yeah. so. They're, they're rusty starters, but they'll come good. But it's a deceptively big game on the weekend because this yeah. is a great Ashes series coming up. Adam Zampa hasn't had a chance really to impress so far. Not a lot of overs. He's trying to get the, some camera time though. Look at the new hairdo. Oh, yeah. Well, That's... Adam Zampa's hairdresser hasn't had time to impress either. <laughs> 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 you mentioned that, that huge game with England. Ben Stokes is a key against Australia, isn't he? He was pretty feisty in a couple of uh, run-ins against Bangladesh. He doesn't mind putting it out there, does he? <laughs> His father was a New Zealand rugby league player, and yeah. Ben just loves the rough and tumble. To get himself fired up, he's a... This, to me, is the sort of cricketer England have lacked for about 20 years. He, he, he's... <laughs> If you call up YouTube, Ben Stokes, sledging, well, the list is as long as your arm. And he's combative and he doesn't cause too much harm, but uh, look, look at touching, this. Touching, that's he wrong. Doesn't, he yep. doesn't like the touching on the No, shoulders. and fair enough. You should yeah. never touch, ever. Yeah. And to a lot of the subcontinental nations, they are particularly offended by that. But uh, he's, he's one of the most world's most improved cricketers. I'd suggest strokes. first test against England, we should pick up Daly Cherry Evans at number seven. That's yeah, a good idea. Just to sleep. <laughs> just to yeah, sleep. Just give him a bit of that. Send our best in. Yeah, we'll talk more cricket with Aussie legend Adam Gilchrist a little later, plus a week of drama from the French Open and the advertisement that backfired on Cristiano Ronaldo.
Joe, Baker boy in the town. I'm on cloud nine. Some great waves at Cloudbreak for the Fiji Open. Uh, Mick Fanning, Joel Parkinson, the Aussies, just a couple, and they are still involved late today. More surfing tomorrow. Sam Stoza is out of the French Open. She's lost the Australian number one ranking. She's held since 2008, Kel. Yes, and she was in complete control in this match, a chance to move through to the quarterfinals. I think uh, she's made the quarters four out of the last eight years, so this is her favourite surface. Cruise through that first set, 6-2, and then a hand injury. Um, which was really disappointing. Hasn't had too many injuries throughout her career. And just said couldn't serve, couldn't do the forehand, had to run around with the backhand, which isn't her strongest yeah, it's wing. so open, Kel, because no major winner is in the women's draw, left in and the And a huge draw. opportunity mm. for yeah. her. She was a finalist there years ago. But, what is she, 33, 32, yep. 33? She's so fit, Tony, and, and she still loves being on tour. So I think she's still got another couple of years ahead of her. Well done for Dario Gavrilova, though, to be now Absolutely. installed as number one. That is terrific for her. Sam may have uh, struggled swinging hard on the court, but she had no trouble swinging at Margaret Court and her wacky views on marriage equality. She's digging a very big hole for herself at the moment and for whatever reason she wants to keep talking about it and um, I don't think she's making more friends by doing that. And, um, look, I think if... If it continues down this road, then there may be no other option but to do that. It's about the tennis, but it's also about who you are. And I think if, if you know, there's not a nice light in that, then why, why should there be, you know, that name up in lights? Yeah, look, I'm sick of giving Margaret Court oxygen. Not literally, obviously, but I just it's just... <laughs> and and, see, and it's, it's gone from shocking to quite sad yeah. to watch. Um, I was lucky enough to be on the drum on ABC TV last week when Kate McGregor uh, gave her thoughts as a trans woman of religious faith. And if you haven't had a look at that on, uh, online, it's really worth looking at. Beautiful, passionate, well-thought-out point-by-point takedown of Margaret Court's position that I find absolutely impossible to argue with what Kate McGregor You're right, Tony. I mean, she's got her own agenda, which is to promote her own church. So by us continually talking Mm. about it, we spoke about it seven days ago, we're just, you know, promoting... Fueling her agenda, in a sense. Yeah, well, I quite like John McEnroe's take on the whole brouhaha. Have a listen. As for renaming the court that bears her name in Melbourne Park, the jury is still out. The self-appointed commissioner of tennis might have a viable solution. Keep the name. And when same-sex marriage becomes legal in Australia, I will personally call my good friend Elton John to host the biggest same-sex mass wedding ceremony ever seen in Margaret Court Arena. Margaret, <laughs> that's just the kind of guy I am. It's <laughs> good, isn't it? It's She's really also good. managed to strengthen, I think, Adam, the, the um, argument for equal marriage because it's made people like that 
big names, big yeah. personalities come out and shout her down yeah. and discredit her. And I think that's where <laughs> the majority of society well, What about his tub-thumping start? You know, she deserves the right to be as miserable as the rest of yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the biggest sledge on marriage since Rod Stewart said... I'm not getting married again. I'm just going to find the woman who I hate most in the world. Just give her a house. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Kyrgios, of course, uh, he didn't do so well. He didn't have a great lead-up, did he? He's uh, done a lot of racket smashing of late in, in the new uh, board short kind of gear. Bang! Not a good look, is it? You want a pair here, you, you can just open it. Yeah, yeah you just get a lid. I agree with him. It's horrible water. <laughs> Big moments bring out big emotions and there was a smorgasbord on display as uh, Steve Johnson beat Borna Koric. Now, Johnson was overcome just weeks after the death of his dad. Mm. Koric, he just wanted to bus rackets. Uh, I know it's something to do with those pants. Uh, <laughs> This is amazing because he's just, he can't go on. This is the definition of perspective. I yep. mean, that guy there has lost a tennis match. Yep. yep. And the guy up the other end, this one, has just lost his father. Yep. So... Do you know the, the most warming thing about that video? is to know that there's other countries with troubled tennis players than just <laughs> yeah. Australia. But isn't the overall standard really poor? I mean, well, every behavior. week there's, of tennis, there's these, you know, really disgraceful behaviour, isn't it? Like, like it's just Hasn't it always pathetic. been that way? I don't we know. just had John McEnroe on, we're talking about him. It's... Yeah, but, well, hey, but that doesn't excuse it, though, does no. it? Like, you can't no. say just because it goes back. But you think of those great old gentlemen like Ken Rose yeah. or Rod mm. Laver, you really do wonder what they think. But it's the individual element. That's what it is, Crash. You know what I mean? They don't grow up in a team environment. You don't have anyone else telling you to not do that. And these young kids mm. think that they can get away with it. I just want to show you the skills of Diego Schwartzman. Uh, now, look, not tennis, but football. Oh. Look at this. This really gave me the willies when I saw this. As someone <laughs> for whom football was one of my major... And I can't juggle like that. Yeah. This guy who's good enough to play tennis at the bloody French Open exactly. can juggle a tennis ball about well, 14 times. He lost in straight sets. I know. <laughs> in your face, In your face. I've never lost in straight sets yeah. in French. <laughs> well, but that's nothing. Come back, Schwartzman, when you can play keepy uppy on a wire oh. while playing a guitar. Oh. Not well, he's not playing the guitar well, obviously, yeah. but he's playing the guitar. Yeah, and Robert Plant climbed <laughs> Stairway to Heaven. Give me a break. <laughs> exactly. I'm not sure why people do that kind of stuff. Maybe it's just to appear on shows like this. Exactly. Beautiful work with the keepy uppy. All right, the records of uh, Real Madrid and superstar Cristiano Ronaldo continue to oh. bloom with another Champions League trophy out of beating Juventus in the final. Oh, it was 4-1. Some great goals, including the one from Juventus, is just picture perfect. You can't remember the last major game he played in yep. for his club this guy. where he didn't dominate. Yeah. Just a beautiful goal by Juventus. The ball bounced on the ground once going all the way downfield. But then comes the hour. There's Ronaldo on the inside. That'll be my second for the night. And there we go. That's Real Madrid's record-breaking European Champions League back-to-back. -back. And he's just there again and again. Got to be said, Cristiano Ronaldo is a massive fan of Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> he rates himself very highly, but unfortunately, the numbers back it up. Well, that's the thing now. And, I mean, everyone wants Messi to be the best player in the world, but you can't, you can't deny the numbers with him. He's just a freak. No, he's absolutely extraordinary and just keeps doing it. Naturally, Ronaldo, because of all of that, he's marketing gold. Certainly Nike thinks so. They trotted out this image of a young Ronaldo. Uh, see, this boy knew. Well, if only Nike knew. With the original, the picture looking like this. 
Do you know what they say at Adidas, Tone? Three stripes and you're out. <laughs> I love it. It's a big World Cup qualifier for the Socceroos against Saudi Arabia Thursday night in Adelaide. Massive game. We take on the Green Falcons of Saudi Arabia. We're in that second stage now of qualification. Two teams to go through. They're three points in front of us, so a win gets us level. Our goal difference is already better. Yep. So we'd go further ahead. But they, we throw around the phrase must win. We really, really want to win this game. This yeah. would be massive for Australia's World Cup qualification. If not, Saudi Arabia, hard to see them missing out on one of the two spots in the group if they win. As Kel said last week, great to see Aaron Moy. Looking forward to seeing how mm. he goes after the way he finished. Uh, if, if, he, if he's not exhausted by what he's been through in the Premier League, yeah. if he has got the spark, people are saying Tim mm. Cahill on the way out and Aaron Moy might be the next superstar around whom this team's built. Sad news uh, with the death of former Newcastle and Ivory Coast player, uh, Czech Tioti. Now, just 30. Just 30 years old. 30 Ivory years Coast, old. a defender who will be loved forever by Newcastle fans for this moment. This amazing oh. goal that secured a four-all draw against Arsenal. So, um, flags on half-mast on Tyneside, but they will always remember that effort. Just the age of 30. And it's, it's, it's in- he's not the first young African player to just... He just dropped dead at training. Just, was it a heart? Se- seems to be heart yeah. Just Absolutely extraordinary. Very sad. There's a fantastic goal uh, also I want to show you from the under-20s World Cup. Uh, just check out these skills from Germany's Swet Sadar. Just, oh. It's oh. the little back heel. It's the back heel. You've got to watch from this bang. Oh. Yeah, it's silky. And straight into the corner. God, yeah. German under-20s. All right, we, we, <laughs> we don't like to uh, trot out players diving in football every week. But when there's something as dramatic as, as this from the Hungarian league, this is, look... It's the second phase. And the third phase. <laughs> oh, and, oh, oh, and the fifth. Oh, sixth. <laughs> seventh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, look at him go. It's <laughs> extraordinary. He could actually... Perhaps he's a fish. <laughs> yeah, and he's been, it's the oxygen that he's just bringing about the... That was plate. crash after game one of the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, put this on. (laughs) It's all yours, my little friend. All right, let's be honest. We had fun last week at Tiger Woods' expense after he was charged uh, with driving under the influence. Under the influence of what? It turns out it was indeed under the influence of prescription drugs. This dash cam vision just made me sad to look at. And uh, he said it was prescription drugs, and that's what it turned out to be. Well, thank God they didn't find the five blondes that were in the boot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's obviously not everyone's as forgiving as yourself on that one, Tony. (laughs) Look, it's a a really sad story, it is. I mean, the one thing that golfers have that gives them eternal comfort, the game's never over for them. You know, they can play till they're 80. Jack Nicklaus and all these guys... It could be over for him now, and the guys we've, you know, the touring guys say privately, he's just completely and utterly lost, lost. without it. Yeah. Because even little things like going to the range and practicing, which were once a chore, but you've got to see all your mates and the caddy and there's banter, the travel, which he hated and now misses. So there is no guarantee. He, he's gone from saying, I will play again, to I hope to play again. Mm. And for a guy who was Mr. Confident, that is enough of a concession to ask the question, will he actually ever play again? Yeah, look, I I thought it was good to hear, apart from saying that, it was good to hear the thoughts of Tiger's peers and one of his all-time heroes. So many opinions, um, they are so unfair and very disrespectful, in my opinion, because everybody who's who's involved in golf um, was changed by his legacy, by his play, so many things that he has done he brought cultures together 
just the aura about the guy was was so special, and I miss that out here because I, I really do want to play against him at, at his best, and I, I want him to be healthy. I feel bad for Tiger. Tiger's a friend. Uh, he's, a, he's he's been great for the game of golf, and uh, he's struggling. And I wish him well. I hope he gets out of it. And I hope he plays golf again. And but all we do is he needs a lot of support from a lot of people, and I'll be one of them. Yeah, great to have that man in your corner. All right, being desperate to get a catch uh, is one thing. But what was Steve Souza thinking in baseball here? Look, here comes the ball. I'll dive. No, just not quite in the same ballpark. You've got to have a crack, I suppose. Yeah. Don't you? <laughs> You could have thought a show. Show the coach out. Is that what it is? Is that a 1%? I mean, I used to go for marks when it was down the other end of the group. Could they call that a 0.01%? Turns out he's not alone. It brings us to this week's top five dives that came up short. Brought to you by Kia. And look, we'll start with uh, Tommy English. This is earlier this year. Thought he'd scored his, <laughs> a cutting try over the pad. Whoa! Just ten metres short. Dive again. Keep going. The wrong line, fella. You can see the humour in it. Number four. Uh, look, it's the guy that's giving chase in this classic. Here he comes. Pretty much. I, I can get there. I, I can. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's for the coach's benefit, obviously. Whoa, there I go. At number three, uh, look, I think this fits the brief of dives coming up short. Oh, Let no. me have a look. Oh. <laughs> one, 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 one. One. I just wanted to show that. Number two, uh, South Africa's Neil McKenzie. <laughs> he, he loses his pants at the same time, which is added points so far. <laughs> Sean Pollock sees the funny side of it. And number one, uh, from softball, this is such a great effort from trying to get to first base, short and... Oh, oh yeah! And the scorpion! Oh, no. The scorpion! The scorpion! I've never heard of that! Brilliant. The scorpion! Well, coming up, the man voted Australia's greatest ever one-day player, Adam Gilchrist, joins us next. wicketkeeper batsman in the history of the game. That's because he is. Adam Gilchrist, what a thrill <laughs> to have you on the show. Oh, Welcome, my friend. Thank you. That Thanks was for having me. That was 10 years ago. I don't know if we're to the day, but that was 10 years ago, yeah. that World Cup win. Your preparation for that uh, match-winning 100 was terrific, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I was in a very deeply relaxed state. Mm -hmm. um, I was actually asleep <laughs> <laughs> when the umpires came and uh, our fielding coach, Mike Young, came and said the umpires are on their way. Because uh, we won the toss, batted first, but then it rained in between the toss and the first ball being bowled. So nervous energy, World Cup final. 
So I just found a quiet spot in the gymnasium out the back of the change room and, and decided to close my eyes and just rest and actually fell asleep. I love um, it because I'm very confident about tonight because you were sleeping in the green room. Obviously, Cratch was talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Good team meeting. <laughs> Actually, did, Billy, do you, are you a, who do you Blues, go for? Absolutely, the yeah. Blues, I, I, I sort of uh, went off the radar for the last 10 years. Yep. Yeah. Back, back on board with <laughs> the Blues. Yeah, yeah, sure, born and bred. That, that game, uh, and there's so many things we get to, that was fascinating the way that ended. I mean, Australians mm. cricketers have obviously they do play well in the dark, obviously, and that's how it ended, wasn't it? It was phenomenal. It was, and this doesn't do it justice as to how dark it was. Um, it was it was pitch black, and luckily Andrew Simons was bowling, and as he does, wears the white uh, lipstick around the zinc cream around, so I could see where he was. He <laughs> smiling at the young gilly, keep looking at my lips, mate. But, uh, as only Simo could do, be cracking jokes. But the best part about that was we we thought we'd won the World Cup. We all ran in and celebrated, and then the umpires came out and said, no, 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 you've got to do it all again, or, or you've got to come back tomorrow. Yep. And, and we, that's not happening. Uh, so we bowled uh, the three overs that were required, and then we celebrated again. So we got to celebrate... The World Cup twice in, in one day, which was good. And then we celebrated the next day. And then... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gilly, can we talk about the future of cricket? And it seems to be 2020 and you're involved with the BBL and we know yeah. the enormity of the IPL as well and how big that is. Can you remember that first auction that you got picked up with the IPL and what it was like with the players and, and how big it was and when you started thinking well, this 2020 thing could really take off? Yeah, I, I remember. It's a really good question. It's my first thoughts on 2020 was that it, it's Mickey Mouse cricket, it's not real. We played England in a game uh, at the SCG and packed crowd. I was mic'd up to the commentators. We had fun and remember Hados coming down mid-pitch saying, this is the future. Yep. And I'm going, no, mate, this is terrible. This is not the real stuff. But uh, I, I've well and truly flipped. The more I played, the more I realised that finally cricket had found it. And not many sports can do it, can... Um, find a tailored version that doesn't compromise the actual game too much mm. and find a modified version that still has the basic constitution of cricket and the rules and the numbers of players and the skills required to be successful at it. Yeah. Not many sports can do that and cricket's found that and that's why 2020 is so popular. What did you um, go for on your first auction? And yeah, how, did you, how did you find out? Were you there watching? How did it all happen? Yeah, that's right. So back to, in answering that, that first IPL, we'd, we'd heard about it. It's a bit like what I would imagine the World Series cricket days must have been like there was rumour about what it might be and yeah. what you know, players could get earn a couple of hundred thousand dollars for six weeks cricket and mm. we're, whoa, wow, that's <laughs> you know, 20, 20, three hours. Yeah. Um, we were training at the MCG when the first auction results came out and I think I went for about 600, 650, um, which is Good call. unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and then word filtered out, Simo, 1.2, 1 1.3, 1 wow. I think he was. Andrew Simon's yeah. 1.2. Yeah, and, you know, no, we're out trying to... <laughs> I'll tell you what, it made it hard for Simo to concentrate on the high balls. <laughs> but it's funny, then you glance across and standing next to him was Ricky Ponting, who the number one ranked batsman in the world at the time, I think went for around $300,000 only. But um, in, and all of a sudden, I, I just wonder, particularly now with this big pay dispute going on, and that's not between the players, I know, but where the players started to sit and look at each other and really start to put numerical and dollar values on yep. each other and yep. obviously had their own expectations. Mm. So maybe that was the first sign of these little divisive 
cracks that are appearing in the game um, between administrators and players and home boards and these mm. these leagues around the world. Was it conducted like a Sydney house auction? Did you send a couple of mates along there just to bid it up a bit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fake yeah. on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dummy bidders. Adam, yeah. you were just really starting your Australian career in that mid to sort of late 90s yeah. when the, the last threat of strike action and the unrest between sort of the board and the players happened yep. and you were really led well by Taylor and Healy yep. and Warren and these guys. Do you see a similarity at the moment and can you see an end to this? Uh, I can see a similarity. It's, I can see, you know, the players are sticking together and that unity and, and that was certainly the case back then. And I was a young player having my very first sort of contract with Creed Australia dangled in front of me and here were my senior peers saying, don't sign it, don't break, don't, you know, crumble. And, and, and we didn't, and 20 years later, uh, conditions are fantastic for yep. players now. There's no doubt about that. So that, that end result has been terrific. Um, um, there'll be an end. There, there will be an end to it. We're nearly at June 30, so yep. that's approaching quickly. So who I wouldn't be surprised if, if they've been meeting in the last few days, um, the Players Association and, and the board. Um, I think both teams and sides are going to have to compromise. Uh, and having spoken to... People in both parties, I think they're both starting to, to say that and understand that. So it's a matter of getting to the table. If it needs mediation from an external source, maybe. But I think they're possibly moving forward without the requirement of a third party to come into it. Do you I, sense more swagger amongst the players? Because they're just more wealthy. I well, mean, a lot of them are worth $10 million now. What, what, we, what would you have been on in, in 97? Big money or...? In nine, I think my first Creed Australia contract was $30,000. Was it? Um, so for me, that was life-changing at the time. And, yeah. Um, that was just before you even have to go out and hit a ball. But, uh, of course, there's match payments and so on. But uh, definitely more swagger, more confidence. The players have, well, signed, made, formed their own company for their IP. So they're saying post, you know, July 1st, you can't promote the game with our image yep. unless we're on contract. So that's swagger. That's knowing that, as players have alluded to, you can go to the IPL you can go to the Caribbean League, to the English tournament, um, 2020 tournaments everywhere. So it's a different dynamic now from what it was 20 years ago. I, I think Cricket Australia are offering a very, very fair deal for players. No-one's going to go without, and everyone's growing and increasing. But I do see it from a player's point of view as well, sticking together. But I, I do hope uh, the players, in being concerned, that the top players could have signed on and earned a lot more. Yep. But they're saying we're sticking by the other cricketers of all levels. Yep. I do hope that they are thinking of the cricketer at the most important level, and that is the kid signing yes. on for his first year. Yep. Because grassroots cricket is under siege mm. from other sports, like the various footy codes with um, AFL development officers, triple cricket's development officers. So there's... A lot at play, but they'll, they'll get there. Can I just go shallow again on you? Because I just want to see you hitting the ball really hard. Yeah. Very far. <laughs> it's, you know, that's what I've loved for, for a long time. Is it, was it, is it different being able to change the course of a game and being expected to change the course of a game? Did you feel this, any stress in those situations? Uh, no, the more I thought about it, the less likely I was probably going to do it. But uh, it was really interesting listening... About the this discussion is 57 more century here. Well, this, this was pure frustration, really. I'd got out for a duck in the first innings. Monty Panesar caught it bat pad, and I thought, if ever I face him again, I'm gonna, at least going to get caught on the boundary. Or <laughs> <laughs> um, 25 rows back. Or in another suburb on a couple of occasions. Yeah, I was a beneficiary of a 40-degree day, yeah. tired English attack. Pup had scored 100. I think... Um, 
who was Mike Hussey had scored 100. So I went out there and, and, and we had oh, a huge... Yeah, was already, that day but... better than your wedding day? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I remember saying... Uh, we, we, I sensed that they were down and out. Yeah. I got the 12th man. Pup and I got the 12th man to run on, who was John Buchanan's son, actually, yeah. because Andy Bickle might have been 12th man going and played a Shield game, but he's a very good cricketer, John Buchanan's son, but he ran, ran the drinks out and said, send a message to Ricky... Thumbs up if you want us to slog. Yep. We reckon we can really just slaughter them here and maybe bowl tonight. Yep. Thumbs down if you want us to block it out. So we were sure we saw a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I get the hundred come in and everyone's patting me on the back and punters are standing on what is that? <laughs> what are you doing? Billy, so, uh, was hey, that the one fun. where you were in tears in the dressing room before it? I couldn't remember. Was that not? But we were saying talking about Patrick, Patrick Dangerfield before, and in your book you pulled away the curtain. You basically put your heart on the table and said, I cried in England in 205. I put my collar up like that at times. I was walking through the street. I was, you know, and it was just nice to see. And people were surprised that you were so honest about feeling vulnerable, you know. And what was that old quote from Roebuck you used to talk about? Yeah, Peter Roebuck, a wonderful cricket writer. Uh, He wrote a line that I could really relate to about cricketers wear a cape of bravado. And I think all sports people, particularly... On the big stage, you know, the more times you go out there, the more chances for success, but also the more chance you expose yourself to some sort of um, situation where people can can basically jump on top of you and and, and really see your insecurities. So uh, cricketers wear a cape of bravado, and I could relate to that. You go out there, and that's probably the most talked about thing out of my book, Crash, is people saying, couldn't believe how, not negative, but how much self-doubt you had. Yeah. And I think I can relate to Alex Fasolo and what Dangerfield said is um, everyone has doubts at some stage. And around that Ashes 100 yep. was the big, greatest point in my career where I had self-doubt, where I thought, have I fluked it to this point? Yeah, yeah nine years in, have I bluffed my way? And now everyone... <laughs> nice got... way to wash it away, Gilly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ready to go around the wicket and, you know, I'm gone, a head case. Yeah. But I can understand that doubt. I can't believe we've gone this all the way to having said the words Shane warned to you. But we have to... <laughs> we ha- could you just hang around uh, just I'd for a couple to. of minutes? Yeah. Uh, because we'll, we do have to have a break. We'll come back with you and our champ of the week. Stick around. Adam Gilchrist is our, our special guest. I was just want you to talk me through some footage, very famous footage. Steve Waugh, the four off the final ball. This oh, is yeah. you, your partner. Oh. There, we'll talk us through. Well, that was the second last delivery. I was on 48, yeah. and I thought if I hit this for four, I could get to 50, but no, I got Trevor on strike, <laughs> smashes it for four. I went for the big high five. He just brushed me. Captain. But Gilly, was it true that Mark Moore wasn't even he'd there? He'd gone to the drop. Off to the races, <laughs> mate. He left early. Yeah, that is Brilliant. the true meaning of team. Absolutely. Uh, Gilchrist, so good to you be here. Time now for our Champ yeah. of the Week, brought to you by Subway. Don't ask me why we're celebrating a New Zealand team's win in Super Rugby, but we are. If you can't beat them, obviously you've got to celebrate. This is the Crusaders. They win over the Highlanders. This is the reserve. That bang hits it from 43, 44 metres out. Their 14th win out of 14 games. Mitchell Hunt, his name is. Unbeaten season for the Crusaders. Quite ridiculously good. As is this man still. Lovely to see you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you all and thank you. Goodbye. We'll see you next week. This has been a production of Fox Sports.